This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. God is good. Hallelujah. And His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. I see. Is that your baby over there? No? No, you got yours in there. There's babies everywhere here. Hallelujah. It's a growing church, right? There's babies everywhere. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be here with you tonight. You know, it's always fun to be in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, we are, right? Two or three are gathered in his name. Who's there? He's there. You know, and that makes uh, any gathering a whole lot more exciting. (laughs) When Jesus is there, praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to talk about uh, something that has really blessed me a lot when I got to to see and understand some of this. And uh, I'm going to talk about spirit, soul, body. You know, we're a three-part being. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and what that means and what it means to be born again. Hallelujah. Because, you know, I don't know who's watching, you know, and... And, uh, and also some of these things can become a little distant, you know, if you haven't heard it in a while. And, and so I'm going to go through and I'm going to, first I'm going to just describe a little bit what it means to be born again. You know, because a lot of people say, what does that mean? But, you know, and they hear it, you know, in church and, and really, you know, maybe don't get a grasp of, of, of what that means. And I've been listening to Brother Hagen a lot on this here, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, and, you know, he walked with the Lord for, I don't know, 50, 60, 60 some years. No, more than that. Anyhow, he was 86 when he died and he got saved, I think, at 16 or 17. So, so he had a little bit of a walk with the Lord and he, he saw some of these things very clearly. And uh, of course, I'm not going to be able to teach it like he would, but I'm going to teach it like I would. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to help us to see what we need to see. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to start in John chapter 3. And this is when Nicodemus, you know, he came and, uh, and he, he found Jesus. And, uh, and he wanted to get some information out of him. And so while you find the scripture, I'll just pray. Father, I love you so much. And I thank you, Father, for the privilege it is to, to teach and preach your word. Hallelujah. Your words are, are life unto those that find them and health to all of their flesh. Father, your words, your words bring light and understanding. Hallelujah. And it helps us navigate life. And Father, as we get into the word tonight regarding this, this, this subject, Father, basically of growing up spiritually, Father, I ask for your help. I ask for your help to teach. And Father, I ask for, 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 for your help, Father, for each and every one here, Father, to receive what they need to see for them. Hallelujah. So that they can grow and develop in their walk with you. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. In John chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. 
I want you to especially notice that that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to go there, and then I'm going to go to John chapter 4. So kind of keep your, your fingers around there where John 3 was. And I'm going to go to Hebrews 12, and I'm going to read verse 9. And I just want to remind you, as you go to these scriptures here, you know, if, you, if I use a lot of scriptures, you can always go back to YouTube or Facebook or even at our podcast and, and listen to it again. And, and a lot of times you looking up the scriptures for yourself will help you tremendously because, you know, in a, in a setting like this, we will a lot of times use a lot of scripture. Well, a lot of that is so that we can actually prove that this is Bible, right? So you have to prove it from the Bible. If it's not from the Bible, well, you shouldn't receive it from any preacher, if you can't prove that what he's saying is from the Bible, then you probably should wait until you can verify, right, before you believe him. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. Furthermore, we've had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Father of spirits and live. That's talking about God the Father. Now to John chapter 4. Hallelujah. John chapter 4, and you know, this is the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. Hallelujah. And I'm going to jump in there in verse 21. John chapter 4 and verse 21. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The King James Version says God is a spirit, right? So when you're born again, you know, you are, you are, your spirit, your, your inside is, is made brand new. You know, you, when you receive Jesus, you heard the good news, you know, that Jesus loves you, that he gave his life for you, and if you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you'll be saved or you'll be born again. Well, you know, that's something that happens on the inside because if you were bald before you got born again, chances are you were bald after you got born again, Right? Nothing's happened on the outside, right? It was just maybe your countenance changed because now the, 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 the burden of sin lifted off of you so people could see it on your countenance, but, but, but the change happened on the inside of you. You know, we are, you know, the Bible tells us, and we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. And uh, like I said, if you don't have time to, to look up all these scriptures, just listen. Because I want you to get this in your heart, and then you can look up all the scriptures later. You know, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he who calls you is faithful, he will also do it. He will help preserve you blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he is there to help you all along the way. Hallelujah. And so you are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You are an eternal being. Every, every person on this planet is an eternal being. They'll live forever. People say, well, no, you're not. Well, you will live forever. Your body will expire and you will leave your body, then there's two destinations. There's a heaven to gain, and there's a hell to shun. And what's going to differ between those two destinations is what you do with what Jesus did for you. 
Did you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Well, then, praise God, you're born again, and now you get to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. If you don't receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, well, then you will have to, to, to suffer the penalty of sin, and that's not going to be a fun thing. But, you know, you have to preach the truth. You know, you can't just tell people, that, oh, you'll probably be all right, and there's many, there's many roads, roads to heaven. No, there's one. There's one way. His name is Jesus Christ. He is, the, he is the truth, the way, and the life. Salvation in none other than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when you're born again, you know, it's the, it's, 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 it's the spirit part of you that is made brand new and is now in right standing with God. Your sins have been, have been removed. Hallelujah. And you are now actually able to, to access God to get into his presence at any time. You've actually been joined to him. I'm going to show you some scriptures, you know, that kind of, kind of shows this. And I want, to, I want to talk about that, inst- what happened when you were born again, because a lot of people, they have a problem with how they, they see themselves. And, and, and a lot of times that is because you see, them, you see yourself according to what you're struggling with in your flesh. Well, you're not your flesh. You have a flesh body that have different, that have desires that are not godly, but that doesn't, you are not your flesh. You have flesh. You're supposed to put your flesh under, keep it under subjection, but you are not it. You are a spirit made in the image and likeness of almighty God, and he made you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Hallelujah. And let's read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, 20, and 21. It says, that is, that God in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's God's heart. For everybody to be reconciled to him because Jesus paid the price for every person to be free from sin. And so in verse 21, he says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That means as right as God is. That means that you have the same right standing as Jesus does in front of God. And that is mind-boggling to a lot of people because they don't see themselves this way, but that's why we have the Bible to help renew our minds so that we can grasp and live in the fullness of what God has for us and also be able to put the flesh under subjection. Paul also said that he had to do that. So if he had to do that, we have to do that. But anyhow, in 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm going to just drive this point across with one more scripture here. Having been born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides Forever. If you go down to verse 25, it says, But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Okay, he's talking about this. Okay, if this gets too technical for you, it's going to get better. But it's, it talks about the seed. And have you ever planted a seed before? Have you ever planted a, uh, an apple tree? What kind of fruit do you get of an apple tree? Apples. If you plant an orange tree, it's too cold for that up here. But if you did, you would, it would produce oranges, right? Well, the seed of the word of God produces God stuff. 
You are made in the image of God as seed produces after its kind. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 1, one more scripture here, okay? John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So when you received Jesus, you were born of God. God's your father. You were made in the God class of being. And now you're just like, what are you talking about? I'm preaching the Bible. It's quiet in here. Well, we need to believe this. It's, it's going to set you free, first of all. And I'm going I'm to get into a little bit more here because... Okay, let's just go to John chapter 3 again, and we're going to continue reading from where we were, and it's going to help you a little bit. Hallelujah. People are like, what is he talking about? Is this extreme grace, or what is it? No, it's not. No, it's the Bible. And I believe in repentance. Done it many times. Probably did it this week. Hallelujah. John chapter 3 and verse 7. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? He didn't understand, like we don't a lot of times, the difference between flesh and spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? So it must be important. And he actually expected him to know it. Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Now we talked about every person that walks on the earth is a spirit and they are an eternal being. We talked about there's two different destinations, right? Jesus came to give us everlasting life. Hallelujah. He, t- he, he came to give us his life. And that life, is not, it's, not, it's, 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 it's not quantity, but quality of life. It is his life. It is his ability. It is basically he came to give us his nature. His nature and his ability. Hallelujah. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, which says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. It starts in the next verse. Well, that's not talking about your flesh. It's talking about your spirit. You are, you are now made brand new. The sin, sin has been lifted off of your life. I said sin has been broken as far as you're concerned in your spirit man. 
And if we will learn to live out of our innermost being, out of our hearts as born-again Christians, you will live as a champion in this life. You will have complete dominion over sin and all its effects. Because you have been made holy and righteous. Look at this scripture, Ephesians chapter 4. It's Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was what created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You're a new man in Christ Jesus. But you have to live out of that. You have to put that on. You know, Paul talks about it. He says to, to, to walk in the spirit. It's so quiet in here. It's just like, whoa. Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to give you one more since it's so quiet in here. God loved you so much that he did something incredible for you. He took care of the sin problem so you could live free in this life. But it's going to have to be you living out of your spirit, not out of your flesh. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit of a difference, but I'm going to talk about how to tap into your God nature that he has given you. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue but which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He has given you his divine nature in your heart, in your spirit, in your inner man, and you can live out of that. Still quiet in here. Praise the Lord. So what is the divine nature? In 1 John chapter 4, it says that he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Did you know in Romans chapter 5 it says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart? That's part of his nature. And so if you don't grasp anything else about what it means to be born again in right standing with God, completely holy and righteous because of what Jesus did, get this. You've been given his nature and his ability, and for you to start to tap into that is you tapping into love. You know, the first 
You know, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Why don't you put that up on the screen? Galatians 5 and verse 22. 22. But the fruit of the Spirit... And, and there's a capital S there that kind of throws you off. You, kind of, you might want to think that it's the, the Holy Spirit, but actually this is the fruit of the born-again human spirit. This is what God put in you the day that you were born again, that you might not have tapped into, but it's there. It says love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and go on next verse, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. That is in you the day you're born again. But you might not tap into it right away, but it's there. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, because this is probably going to be Very helpful to you. Because, you know, we hear a lot about who we are in Christ. And, and, and you know, I said, like, I'm, I'm sharing all these scriptures. It's like I have a lot of deers in the headlights here. You know, and so, so but we, we have God's nature in us. We have the ability to walk just like Jesus did when he walked the earth. You know, Jesus was full of love. Jesus was full of compassion for the ones that were sick and hurting. You know, he couldn't help but heal people. He couldn't help but set the captives free. Why? Because he was moved by love. And that same love has been shed about in your heart. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, we talk about this a lot of times as the love chapter. And this shows you, you know, the importance of Love. Verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So basically just making a bunch of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm what? I'm nothing. <laughs> And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. <laughs> is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there are tongues, they'll cease. But there is knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And listen to this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I, 
understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. You know, if you don't see through the eyes of love, you see like a child. If you want to grow up, if you want to move with the Spirit of God, you're going to have to develop in love. Because God is love and everything he does is moved through love. And so if you are selfish, if you have been yielding to your flesh nature, then you will have a hard time moving with the Spirit of God. I've seen this with people that are, you know, people that, that are prayers, for instance. You know, they have unction on them to prophesy. They start off well, but then they get off. Because they're, they're, they haven't learned to yield to love, and so now they, they, some of themselves come into it. And it can get all twisted, and then it gets, because if it's not in love, it, it has the potential to get off. Because now you can get your, 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 your selfish tint on it. If you want to be used by God, and if, actually if you want to start to tap into who God is, then you need to walk in love. You need to, it's, it, there's a reason why when it talks about the fruits of the born-again human spirit, the first one is mentioned is love. And then joy and peace. I was, I was looking at this and I was just like, you know, and I was, I was um, listening to Brother Hagen. And, you know, he was like, you know, I'm not perfect in love, but I sure am striving to become perfect in love. Why? Because he saw the importance of love. Because when you start to, when you start to, to, to yield to love in your heart, then you are actually yielding to God. If you wonder how God would respond, then what would love do? How, do, how is this going to affect the other person? Is it going to build them up? Is it going to edify them? Or is it going to hurt them? If it's going to hurt them, it's not going to come out of my mouth. If it's not going to build up, it's not going to come out of my mouth. And so Brother Hagen, he, 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 he said that you should take 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8 in the Amplified. Do you have the Amplified Classic there on the, on the screen or no? Do you? Okay, do Amplified Classic and just start in verse 4. Because if you don't know what love is, this, this lays it out really well how love acts. And for you to, to be able to grow in this, you need to know how love would act, right? This, 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 is, this is where it comes in to renew your mind. You know, this is where, you know, Paul, as, as that's up there, just, just keep it up there. And um, in, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between spirit and soul. And joint and marriage is a discern of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the Bible will help you. To discern what's love and what's not. What's spirit, what's in your spirit, and what's your flesh. And so you look, look at this here. Let's, let's, let's look at this. Love endures long and is patient 
and kind. Sometimes we endure along, but we're not patient and we're not kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Is not boastful, boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. Next verse. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it's not self-seeking. It is not touchy. It is not touchy. <laughs> it's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. <laughs> Next verse. Oh, glory, let's move on. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Keep moving. Love bears up under anything, and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Hallelujah. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances that it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. And so I had, I'm going to have the ushers, I don't know how many you have to help you here, but I have some, 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 some printouts for you. I think I left, left mine at home. Let's put it at the back. No, here it is. I have a yellow one. Anyhow. And so as they hand this out, I'm going to talk a little bit about this because I, I made this as a help for you because there's a renewing of the mind that needs to take place. And there's also something to be said about you meditating on who you are. Because the thing is that a lot of times people will, I heard a preacher say this once. He said that, he said, never let your struggle become your identity. He said, never let your struggle become your identity, but rather, what does the word of God say about you? What does the word of God say about who you are and what you have? And at the beginning here, it says, faith works by love. You know, it's Galatians 5, 6. So without love, your, faith's not, your faith is not going to work. It's not going to produce any lasting fruit. And Romans 5, 5 says, because the love has, been love has been shed abroad in your heart. And because of that, this is how love acts, so this is how I act. And so it just made it personalized so you can say this every day over you. This is who I am. And if you will do this and, 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 and just kind of just chew on it, and just, just, just start to act like it, you will grow by leaps and bounds in the next 30 days. You will be a completely different person. And I'm telling you, when you start to, to yield to love, you start to yield to the Spirit of God. And when you start to yield to the Spirit of God, He's going to be able to do things in your life that He wasn't able to do until you started to yield to Him. And, you know, we're, we're a lot of times we're, we're, we're believing for things and we're, we're speaking things and then we forget about this part. 
walking in love. And a lot of times just walking in love would fix a lot of the other problems that have been there for a long time if you would just walk in love. And the good news is you can do it because God has given you his love. Thank you, Lord. His love was so much so that he gave himself so you could live. He laid down his life. You know, Paul grasped this. He said in Galatians 2.20, he says, I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. He recognized he lives a life in the flesh, but he says, I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, it's not me anymore. I'm living in him. I'm living for him. My life is his. And the thing is that when you start to yield to this, then you start to yield to the Holy Ghost, and he's going to start to minister some things to you, and he's going to reveal some things to you that you have never seen. And you're going to start to see the truths of the Word of God clearly. Because if you don't look in here uh, through the eyes of love, you're not going to see correctly because it's written from love. It's going to help you in every area of your life. And I'm, I'm telling you, the people around you will be very happy. Because you're going to be a very, very nice person to be around. And actually, you're going to see that the presence of God is going to be manifest in your home like never before. Because where the response is love, it's kind of hard to be angry and harsh. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. You know this, I could probably stop right now and we could go home and put this into practice and we could probably be a different person in just a month. But I told you, you know, we are spirit, soul, and body, right? And when you start to meditate on the word, you start to put the word in front of you, then you're going to start to activate what is already there. You know, and you, you, you find out, okay, this is how love acts, so this is how I'm going to act. Well, it might not feel natural. It might not be that easy to begin with, but it's going to get easier and easier. And, and, and God is going to help you when you make a quality decision to act on his word. You know, it's the doer of the word that is blessed. So it's not enough to just know about it. You actually have to put it into practice, right? And Paul talks about, you know, he talks about, you know, to, to, to discipline his body. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, he says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. What I'm telling you, if you, if you start acting like this, if you start acting like love, your body is going to be put in its place. And it might not be, be feel comfortable to begin with, but the thing is that when you start to look into, into the Word and, and, and you start to see God move in your life, it's, it's gonna, it's, the body is going to just kind of just get a little bit more quiet and a little bit more quiet. You know, in Romans chapter 12, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump there because this is basically what you're doing with this little deal here is to renew your mind.
In Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you therefore, in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. <laughs> a sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. And I've, I've talked about, you know, renewing your mind and meditating on the word a lot of times before, but I haven't come at it from this angle before. But this will so help you put your flesh in its place. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, 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 we think that the devil is behind a lot of stuff, but a lot of times it's, it's no more than your flesh that has been given free rule and free reign in your life for too long. Let's look at this. What is the, what's, what's, what, is, what is the works of the flesh? Let's go to Galatians 5 and verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you before and just also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the, the interesting thing is that you can see people that have been born again for decades, they've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, and they're as carnal as all get out. Because being baptized in the Holy Ghost does not help you grow spiritually. It's a deeper dimension of God, yes, and you can pray, but you have to renew your mind with the Word of God and do the Word of God, and thereby you'll grow. Because it's like you, you can see there, there, there's people that don't even know about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they have developed a whole lot more spiritually than a lot of other folk. And so it's, it's, it's <laughs> put on the new man, walk in love, end of story. We can go home. Praise the Lord. Will you do this? I know it's easy to forget and kind of get off track, but, but if you really want to grow spiritually, if you really want to get to know God, do you want to be filled with all the fullness of... Look at this. We have one more scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 just popped into my mind. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. This is one of the prayers that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. Yeah. And it's interesting... How he started praying these things for them, you know, as soon as he realized that they were born again. In verse 14 says, in, ver in chapter 3, verse 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You know, Christ, he's also the living word. We have the written word, hallelujah, those are the words that, anyhow, you see what I'm saying, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, so when you're rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes 
knowledge that what? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Any one of you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Does that sound like a good thing? That sounds like an amazing thing because when God starts to fill your life, your life changes. Praise the Lord. You should actually shout right now. Because, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. This, I started to see some of this and I thought, you know what? I can grow a lot in a short amount of time. If I would just meditate, or because it's, it's not, you know, we live and we're so influenced by our flesh on a regular basis, we don't even realize it until we start to look at something like that and say, like, well, that's not how I acted today, right? And so the word puts a light on it, right? The word puts a light on it so that you can start to, to see, so, oh, I'm supposed to endure long and be patient and kind. How about that? Whoo! <laughs> I'm not rude. Mm -mm. I do not act unbecomingly. Nope. I do not insist on my own right or my own way. No, that's not me. I'm not self-seeking. Not touchy. Mm -mm. Not fretful or resentful. And I actually take no account of the evil done to me. That's me. Hallelujah. I don't care what anybody does to me. I take no account of it. I move on. I, I harbor no offense. I move on. Because I am filled with the love of God. And I'm yielding to the love of God. And because I do, I will never fail. That's me. This needs to be your identification. You talk about having, you know, identifying with the right thing. This is it. This is who you are. You might not know it. You might not have tapped into it, but it's who you are because you're a child of God and God is love. I got an amen. And I got him. That's right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back and I'm going to ask you guys, you know, and I'm going should, to, I should have like a little little deal that I could, you know, it's like so I could know who did it and who, who didn't because we're going to probably see the difference on your countenance because you walked in love for a whole month. Hallelujah. It'll set you free. Praise the Lord. Father, we love you so much and I thank you for your holy written word. I thank you, Father, for truth. I thank you, Father, hallelujah, that you instruct us in righteousness, and you help us, Father, to grow. And Father, I know that as we walk in love, we're going to be walking in you. Hallelujah. We're going to be walking with you, Father God, and we're going to be, we got to be attentive to you, Father, and we are going to fulfill and accomplish everything you've called us to do in grand style, in the right way, with the right motive, Father, and we will produce great fruit that will last. Hallelujah eternal fruit that will last our lives will bring forth great fruit and we will not be easily deceived no no we will recognize your will your ways and will walk in them hallelujah i thank you father for this word that has gone forth tonight will work in each and every one father on the sound of my voice hallelujah and i thank you that it'll produce 
a mighty harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well.